Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Today's topic, will we have Tropical Storm Fred by this time tomorrow? Sit back and relax and enjoy today's Daily Bolt. So, the answer to the question may be if you take a very good look at this hat. It's from a tropical place. The answer to the question is yes, we will have Tropical Storm Fred by this time tomorrow in all probability, though it is not a certainty. And we'll talk about Fred, or what's going to be Fred, uh, very shortly. Uh, what I'm going to do is switch to another screen and just kind of show you the system that we are following in terms of this potential tropical storm. So hang on just for one second. I'll switch to this screen which shows the latest graphic from the National Hurricane Center on what they are calling potential tropical cyclone six, which if it becomes a tropical storm, the next name in the list is Fred, uh, a name that hasn't been used for a while, but it used to be uh, used a little more commonly than it has been in the last uh, decade or so. Uh, regardless of that, the position of the potential tropical cyclone is right here. It is east of the island chain in the Caribbean known as the Lesser Antilles, where you have uh, the islands of Dominica, Guadeloupe, uh, St. Barts, St. Kitts, all of those vacation hotspots that uh, you may go to uh, sometime in the winter uh, in terms of a good place to go on vacation. Uh, a lot of tropical cyclones in the Atlantic Basin move through this particular island chain and often pass near uh, Puerto Rico uh, and then very near or over the island of Hispaniola, the home to the countries of Haiti and the Dominican Republic, then uh, along the coast of Cuba and into the Florida Keys. This is a very, very, very common uh, track. And right now, this particular system has a maximum sustained wind of about 35 miles an hour, and it's moving to the west-northwest at about 15 miles per hour. So uh, I'm going to switch to yet another uh, figure, which hopefully will show up nicely on this particular uh, plot. And now we're seeing basically a loop of 24 images uh, so this is about the last six hours, or last few hours or so. Uh, we're seeing images about every 10 minutes. So if we have 24 images, uh, we have roughly six images per hour, about the last four hours or so. Where we are looking at for this system is right here, uh, smack dab in the middle of the picture. And you're noticing the day-night delineator moving from east to west. It is now nighttime over the potential tropical cyclone. And if you look very carefully, and we might be able to do this if we stop the loop. Maybe. We'll see. Let's stop the loop. See if it will allow us to move forward. Just a few more of these to the most recent figure. This is what's called the geocolor image. So it's does show the oceans as blue and the uh, uh, nighttime ocean surfaces as more black. Uh, and you can see variations in blue depending on the depth of the actual uh, ocean itself with the continental shelf areas tending to be a lighter shade of blue. 
but now if we zoom in, hopefully the zoom will work. So here we are. Uh, and you can see that there is a little bit of a suggestion of a swirl in the clouds. It's not entirely clear where the center of the potential tropical cyclone is. There's a lot of bright white clouds here which indicate the deep convection that is the heat engine for the uh, and all tropical cyclones and you have shallower clouds off to the to the west what we call the western semicircle of the tropical cyclone and you have areas where there's very little cloud cover around the uh, potential tropical cyclone in terms of where it's moving so there's some dry air that is going to be a factor in how fast this tropical cyclone develops. Uh, the dry air means that it's hard for thunderstorms to form, keep going, create that heat engine. We've talked about this pretty much every year we've done the daily bolt. The release of uh, what we call latent heat from condensation as water vapor condenses into clouds within the thunderstorm through a very strong rising updraft helps drive the development of the cyclone. And if you have dry air around it, you're not going to be able to condense very much water vapor, and it's going to limit how much the system will be able to develop. However, in favor of development, it's an otherwise a relatively favorable environment. There's not much of what we call the vertical shear to transport the clouds far away from the center of the circulation, and the ocean temperatures are relatively warm uh, in the low 80s degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so you have the ocean temperatures and the lack of uh, extreme shear uh, helping to uh, support intensification, but you have uh, the dry air and also the fact that the expected track uh, will probably take it very much over the island of Hispaniola uh, by uh, this time uh, late tomorrow night or early on on Wednesday, uh, and that's going to allow for a lot of frictional effects to dissipate the energy of the cyclone. So it, even though it looks likely in terms of a track that it will probably impact somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico, Florida Keys, southeast coast, there's still a lot of uh, potential variability on where it's going to end up in a few days, and the likelihood of it being a strong tropical storm or hurricane is relatively low at this particular point. But as what we've seen with many tropical cyclones, that may not be the case when we're talking about this 24 hours from now. There are surprises. Sometimes surprises are good ones. Sometimes they're unpleasant ones. We'll keep you posted on uh, what will probably still strengthen enough to become a tropical storm and tropical storm Fred by this time tomorrow on tomorrow's Daily Bolt, whether or not it's the topic of the whole episode or whether it's just the topic of a piece of it. We'll uh, keep you posted. For now, I'm Dr. Jeff Tilley. This is the Daily Bolt. And good night, good morning, good afternoon, and God bless.